Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 77. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I uh, hope that you are having a fantastic week. Uh, something I've, I've come to realize is I've gone back recently and I've listened to some older episodes. And nothing is more humbling than listening to yourself talk. And if you guys are, are uh, have been listening for a while, you know that I have certain things that I say all the time. In fact, I think we need to start some new games. And the game is, guess how many times Travis says awesome or wow or all right, guys, during an episode. <laughs> Now you're going to be listening for the rest of this episode to pick that up, right? I just distracted you, but I am definitely okay laughing at myself because I am a goober. I am an average Joe, and uh, I'm just honored that any of you would take time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I hope it brings some joy to your life. I hope it helps you in some way. I hope the little uh, tidbits of information I share regarding the Bible or faith is something that intrigues you maybe, uh, maybe teaches you something and, and just some some takeaways for you. Hey, if this is something that you like, I don't ask this that often. But if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't left a like or a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever uh, you listen, if that's possible on the podcast platform that you're listening to, would greatly appreciate it. Also, um, we are on YouTube. It's not just me. Um, I'm doing the podcast, but we got some other buddies. We video our hunts and do a lot of fun stuff. And I feel like we've got some really good content over the last few years. And you can check us out, Shedding Light Outdoors, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And that's the end of my uh, plug for today. Last week, we had some uh, funny stories from a bunch of different guests, and I laughed a lot. I hope you did, too. Definitely wanted to go back and listen to if you didn't catch it. And so today, I thought I'd just get back to my regular format of having one guest on, and it ended up being a really funny episode, too. Noah Spillman is the guest today. He's an Ohio native, lives out in western Ohio, a flatlander, as I call him. And Noah has some fantastic hunting stories. I laughed hard. You're going to love this guy. He does a great job. And uh, make sure you stick around to the end. Got a little message there for you at the end I think you're going to like as well. So without further ado, here is Noah Spillman. All right, guys. I am excited to have Noah Spillman on the line. He's from Bradford, Ohio, another Ohio native. Um, I just had a Michigan guy on not that long ago. So I'm really excited to have Mr. Noah on. Welcome to the show. How you doing, dude? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm just glad to be home and in some air conditioning after a day like today. Man, it has been a hot few days, hasn't it? <laughs> it is. And when you're stuck inside of a room with no air conditioning, it it don't help none, that's for sure. You blow hot air around and it's you might as well just be outside. Yeah, we were about to get started with this podcast and all of a sudden my connection just dropped because a pop up storm, it was like a maybe twenty percent chance became a hundred percent chance and <laughs> cut our connection. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen today. But Noah, uh tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little bit of background and tell us what you do. All right. Uh well my name's Noah. I'm from Bradford, Ohio. It's a little town. I couldn't tell you how many people. Everybody knows your name. That's about all I know. Um I've lived here all my life pretty much. Uh, I'm 45 years old. I didn't start hunting until later. I mean, I've been in it for a little over 20 years. But like I said, I was over 20 before I got started. Um, I work in about 45 minutes away from home. So it's about a pretty good click every morning, every evening to get back to the house. And then uh, I actually polish, if you know what that is. Any mm. idea? Man, you know? uh, 
polish. I'm no, I, I was going to come up with some stupid guess. I mean, do you wear a mask and work in the mall? Is that kind of the thing? I would, you know, I, I, might, I might as well. It's pretty much <laughs> sanding a bunch of different metals, aluminum, steel, on belt sanders and DAs and stuff like. It's a really good dirty job. Come home and blow black boogers for about three weeks. It's pretty cool. Wow, that's cool, man. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for a little over 10 years now. Okay, cool. Cool. So, Mar- married guy, family, all that? Um, actually, I'm married. I got two daughters, uh, both 25, long stories, two different yeah. mothers, you know, that kind of life. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, on my, I'm actually on my second wife, the better one, and uh, <laughs> for about 11 years. We've been together for actually 18 years yesterday. Oh, congratulations, man. That's awesome. I actually appreciate it. Thank you. Well, very cool. Well, we won't get into wives and children on this podcast, but we we want to talk about hunting. You mentioned hunting for 20-some years, so let's let's dive into that topic. How about it? Okay. Um, I started off, well, I, I've been hunting longer than that, if you count rabbits, squirrels, stuff like that. Um, I started actually doing all that back when I was a teenager with a bunch of friends, um, and then uh, kind of dropped off, did the whole family life thing for a while. And, uh, one day, believe it or not, and that's what it was one day, a buddy of mine showed up and he's like, dude, check this out. I got a bow. And I'm like, okay. So we're sitting there and we're flinging arrows out in the yard. And I'm like, I really, I really like this. So, uh, long story short, I turned around and I went and I found one, uh, was believe it, it was like a bear bear something i mean there was probably a zero percent let off on this thing and it was, <laughs> it was something else so i was out f- flinging arrows at that and we decided you know we was going to try hunting deer and everything and we did a bunch of you know looking into it talking to people or whatnot and so i went and the first place i hunted was outside of town here and it happened to be up against uh, a guy i used to go to school it was up against his property well, he was finding deer, believe it or not, you know, with arrows in them, not completely penetrated or whatever. And he's finding them on the side of the road. So he contacted another buddy of mine and uh, he's like, because like I said, everybody around here knows your name. But uh, he's like, hey, you know, get a hold of Noah and have him get a hold of me. So I got a hold of him and went out there to see what was going on. Um, I told him, you know, and long story short, I was like, dude, I. I've hunted out here, but I've never flung one arrow, you know, yeah. whatsoever. And, uh, he's like, well, you got your bow with you. And I was like, yeah, I sure do. And I went out to the car and grabbed my bow and brought it into him. And he took it and literally threw it in the fireplace and said <laughs> here and handed me a Hoyt. And wow. He threw it in I the fireplace, threw it in the fireplace, literally just threw it right in the fireplace. Yeah. You <laughs> Hoyt USA at that point, he's like, here, use this instead. What's, what's your reaction to that? Dude just took your first bow and throws it into the fireplace. <laughs> Dude, I, at first, I really didn't know what to do. I'm like, because me and this kid, we went to school together and all, but we, ne- we weren't like that. And I'm like, at first, I was like, I really didn't know what to do because it, it just threw me off guard. <laughs> yeah. And then he turned around and brought out that Hoyt. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's an even better bow. It looks nicer, you know, had more let off, so... I shook his hand, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's yeah. awesome. And then uh, literally the next day is my very first missing a deer. 
Oh man, how'd that so, go down? Uh, well, I went home and I'm a Walmart everything. I'm not gonna lie. Back then, I was Walmart whatever I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And I took and went to Walmart and got this site because you know all my stuff was on the other bow. So went there, got a site, got a whisker biscuit, the whole nine yards. And all he basically had on that boat was a stabilizer. So I went home, threw the boat or threw the side on. Uh, the house I lived in, I was able to shoot maybe 15 yards through the house because it was dark. So I had to have some sort of light. So I, you know, basically sighted in at about what I thought was 15 yards and went the next morning to go hunt. And I literally found I had a buddy of mine living with me at the time. And he had a thing, a Tink 69, just to, you know, the mm-hmm. look. So I was like, yeah, why not? You know, so I dribbled some on my boots and walked over to this uh, stand that another guy set up. And I literally watched a buck go nose down and come straight to my stand. And I'm like, oh. that is insane. Well, it started spitting snow for the first time it was the first snow of the year. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is just crazy. Well, he was like maybe 20 yards broadside. I mean, just now it would have been a tee shot right now. Mm-hmm. Well, then it wasn't, I've drawn back, you know, first time ever shooting at a deer. And I mean, I missed him from probably a good five feet. I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was beyond above him. <laughs> so he didn't move, but when I, you know, when I said what I said, he pretty much stuck his head up, saw me, and then scooted, dialed off. So my first hunt was pretty insane. And actually, oh, that's cool. 10 years before I got my first deer. Wow. Okay. So a lot of trial and error there. So a lot of trial and error. I ate a lot of tag soup. Oh, a lot of tag soup. So. But- I'm curious. I, I got it. How did the, how'd you get your first deer? What, what was the difference in that first deer that you got as opposed to the previous 10 years? Okay. So, uh, another, the buddy of mine that got me started in hunting, he's actually the one I hunt with now. I've known this. He's been my buddy for over 40 years. I've known this kid forever. And, um, he's actually my hunting buddy. We hunt every year together. Well, his, uh, girlfriend's, grandmother had some land outside of Piqua, which is a few towns over and uh, we went out there and it was me him and another guy another buddy of mine and uh we're all sitting he's and it's pretty decent sized land one was on one side one was in the middle and then i was over on the other side of the field and i'm watching this field and you know you're not supposed to text one another or anything i guess legally but i get a text saying hey Buck just walked past. I, I ain't got a shot. So I'm like, okay, well, it was behind me, so I didn't want to move. And I'm sitting there, and I'm still using that Hoyt USA that that kid gave me. And um, I'm sitting there waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden, I get another text saying, look to your right. Well, what it was is my other buddy that was in the middle, he was actually in a ground blind. Mm. And he could see my stand. And he's the one that sent the text that it, the deer was out too far. And that buck was literally probably 15, 20 feet from my stand on the right. And it's like a, a tree line. Well, I look down and all I see is antlers. And I'm like, 
well, those ain't such big antlers because it was it was only a four point, you know. But I still seen antler, and I'm like, okay, now what am I supposed to do here? Here we go. And man, I ain't kidding you. He came out and just strutted a little bit, and he was probably 20 yards out, and I literally hit him in the neck. So I hit him high, but it went through the neck, and at the angle somehow it hit heart, mm. and he took off running buried his head into the field and then just did a flip and died right in front of me. Oh man. That's so I'm pumped. I am absolutely beyond pumped. Right. And, uh, you know, my buddies are like, I'm like buck down, buck down, you know, just pumped out of my mind. Well, they come over and my buddy that was in the actual blind, he came over and he went to go shake my hand. He came up about two runners and I was in an 18 foot ladder stand. And I, he came up two runners, and just as he smacked my hand, the adrenaline, I grabbed him and jerked him straight up the tree. And here we are both standing in on that platform in this tree stand. <laughs> and I'm hugging him, and I'm bouncing around. And he's like, dude, we need to get out of this stand. He goes, it's going to go to the ground if we don't have this thing. So I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And the whole time, my other buddies down there just – filming or not filming us but you know videoing us with his phone laughing i mean just beyond laughing at us and i'm like dude it's you know so but uh that thing i hit him with a um g5 t3 oh yeah oh i tell you what look oh dude it looked like you just took a paint bucket and just threw blood down that whole field yeah oh man it was just a Unreal. Years ago, and they those are because or whatever. But that for me, G five T three. Now they call it a dead meat, but that that's a that's a pretty doggone good broadhead, man. That's sweet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That thing was just unreal, and that's that's what I hunted with for the longest time. Yeah. And um, I killed. Well, I killed that. Well, that was my first deer killed with a bow, which is also my first buck. It was a four point, but. To this day, I still have, and it was, well, I probably can't even tell you how long ago it was. Probably maybe, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, maybe, when I first okay. got it, somewhere around there. And I still have the antlers on top of my refrigerator. <laughs> so, you know, those are like, those are mine. They're my very first guy there. So, but that was my first. It, it makes me. At first okay. it was it was just insane. Yeah, man, that's that pumps me up. And I, I just your excitement over that. That's to me, that's what it's all about. I, I feel bad for I kind of feel bad. I mean, teach their own, but I feel bad for like these kids that are raised up passing bucks and they, they have to wait so many years like passing smaller deer that just like, man, you know, start small and build your way up. But, you know, that's for some kids, they're kind of told, wait, wait till he's like a four year old or whatever. And I'm like, man, just go out some fun and and cut your teeth and have a good time and, and be proud of that that's that to me is that's my view but like i said these are own but i'm excited for you man that's a fun first story oh yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i mean some of these kids i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts too and people tell stories and yeah to have a kid just passing all these chances up basically you know what I mean? I mean when they've never out, when they've never shot a deer, you know. Yeah, you know, go out and smack a doze if you need to, because yeah. when you pull back on that first buck, I mean, like I said, it was nine, ten years ago, and I can still feel it. I mean, I still <laughs> feel how I felt 
on that. And I just got a my biggest buck last year mm-hmm. is you know, I got a, a nice eight point about I think I scored it at about around 117, 118, something like that. But the score didn't bother me none. I basically did that just to see because I've never scored a deer before. Because you know, what, are you gonna score four points? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. This, and I was like, man, I'm gonna score this thing, and it's like 117, sweet. I'm gonna be on the book. And my neighbor's yeah. like, you ain't making book to like 125. And I'm like, I don't care. I got a 117. So absolutely. You know? Eight point, I was ready to go with it. So, but yeah, it was same feeling, same every time. Every time I draw back on a deer, whether doe or buck, man, I get, I just get so pumped. It's just as soon as they hit the field, yeah, I can't breathe. I mean, it's just unreal. And to explain that to my wife and everything, because she's pretty cool when it comes to my hunting and everything. But man, to explain it to her, she just looks at me. She's, you're, you're just retarded. What's wrong with you? You're. What, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, you don't understand. She goes, I see deer all the time when I'm driving down the road. Yeah. I said, yeah, I do too. I said, but to have it, I said, you just don't understand. It just, yeah. it pumps me up, man. It, yeah. I get to the point to where I just start stuttering and everything else. It's crazy. There's, there's some guys that have those wives that go out there and hunt with them and they're just as good at killers. And, and then there's the other guys like you and I, where our wives really, it's not their thing. <laughs> that's right. that's my, my wife, Kate, man, she supports me and she gets excited for me. She will cut up a deer. She'll do any of that stuff, but she does, she's told me she has zero desire to be there whenever it dies. And, and I, and I get that it's, it's not her thing and it's not something she wants to be a part of. And so, you know, it's, it's, she doesn't quite get it either. She's like, you know, it just doesn't make sense somehow you can get so excited over that. And I, I completely agree with what you're saying there. <laughs> well, they just don't know. I mean, you yeah. gotta have that feeling, man. It is, it is insane. It really is. Well, I want to hear like, how you got your buck last year. I'm interested in that story, but between, between that, your first four point there and last year, your, your one seventeen. any other stories stand out to you? Anything else just kind of, um, maybe some favorite memories, favorite experiences, maybe not even where you were successful. Anything stand out to you, Noah? Oh yeah. I mean, there, like I said, I've, I've hunted a lot and I hunt, you know, I'm a working person and everything. So I'm basically weekend warrior, I guess is what they call us or whatnot. And the, the one week of gun week, we're just out there all the time. Um, there's a, there's been a few of them, man. I mean, there really is to put the best ones up, up fourth or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just have a pretty funny one, one time, uh, same kid. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> same kid. Uh, we're up North, uh, my property I have now. And it's the first year I ever hunted up there. So I have no stands, no nothing. I have no idea what's going on up there. And, uh, I sit there and I go up there with him one day and it's during, um, youth gun. So we're bow hunting. And I'm sitting there, and we're, I got a, a falling down tree is where I'm sitting. I mean, this tree is huge, You can't, and I can't see the field. The field's off to the east of me. So I put my buddy, he's got a climber, so I put him over on the field edge. And I'm like, you watch the field. I'll watch your back pretty much as much as I can, and then I have your west. So he had my east. I had his west. Okay. We're sitting there. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a longer day. The kids are popping off shots left and right and everything else. 
And all of a sudden I get a text, Hey, I got, I got three out in the field and I'm like, all right, sweet man. Sweet. So I wait a little bit longer. And next thing I know, I get another text real quick. Hey, I got two more. I got two more. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. You know, that's cool. At least he's seeing deer. I ain't seeing nothing. I got a lot of squirrels running around. Um, so I'm sitting there and I don't hear nothing from him at all. Nothing. He don't text me back. I'm texting him, man, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And this woods is absolutely silent. You could hear a pin drop in this woods for some reason. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden you hear where his bow went off. I'm like, he shot. Not two seconds later, dude, I hear, here she comes. I'm like, oh, no, why are you screaming? This whole woods is just as silent as can be. And he is yelling at the top of his lungs. Here she comes. So I'm like, oh, man. And uh, I got this little hole I could see through this tree. And I'm kind of looking and bobbing my head and looking around, looking around. And sure enough, there's a doe, like, standing there. And I'm like, holy crap. He's right. There she is. <laughs> and I'm like, if she keeps walking, it, it's a done deal, you know? And I'm sitting back. At, like I said, I'm sticking. I'm, like, shoved back on this tree, but I'm on a, on a chair with a burlap in front of me. And, like, clockwork, man, she just kind of you know, looked around, she didn't hear nothing else and just walked. And I nailed her 22 yards, double longer. Nice. She took off running and it was the first deer, even though I, I killed a couple other deer, this was the first one I double longed and actually got to watch them do the, the dead dance where, you know, wow. with back end goes wobbly. Oh, or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh man. I was pumped. I'm sitting there and I'm watching her do this. And I'm like, she's done. She's toast. So as soon as she hits the ground, I got her. And I'm screaming. All of a sudden, I'm getting a text back. Dude, there is three more deer in the field. Shut up. So I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Needless to say, they took off. So he came down, and we uh, we went ahead and took care of her. So why was so, he yelling for you whenever there's deer in the woods? He was just trying I, to give you a heads up? Yes, he was trying to give me a heads up. I guess she, oh, when he missed her, she must have took off. She must have took off. So, you know, he had to, you know, yell at it, I guess, to say, hey, she's coming your way, whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> every time I think of that story, I'm like, why would somebody just yell? Oh, man. I remember a story just like that. I, don't, I haven't told this on the podcast, but my, we used to do deer drives around our property and all that during gun season. And I was still pretty young, and my dad had taken me um, – I was supposed to take this other guy out to a spot on our property that I, my dad thought I knew. I didn't know exactly where to go. So we actually ended up completely in the wrong spot. <laughs> and so me and this guy are in this spot, and they're doing the drive. And my dad yells, he's coming down your way. And I responded, okay, <laughs> instead of like waiting for the deer to come. And I was actually in completely the wrong spot. The deer was not headed my way, but it definitely wasn't headed that way now because I, I you know, yelled out, okay, real loud. So my dad said, okay, if I'm, if I'm yelling, he's coming your way, you might want to just shut up. <laughs> so. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I was like, man, I just, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, and every time I tell the story, I just start laughing because it's, you just don't see that. You know what I mean? I mean, it, you don't see that on these hunting shows or anything. Hey, she's coming. 
Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah. So that was it was pretty cool. I mean that one that one sits back on me a lot. That really does. And then um actually three years ago, um this is where I start getting a little little in a different direction. Um three years ago I had open heart surgery done. Mm. And I had to have a five time bypass. Oh wow. Yeah. And I had it luckily I had that at the end of February is when I okay. had it. So I'm sitting there thinking and I'm and I ain't gonna lie, you could if you could talk to my wife right now, she'd tell you she get I was literally looking at the calendar asking questions to the doctor saying, Okay, how many months is it gonna take before I'm good? I need to know can I climb a stand? Do I need to you know <laughs> sit behind? I mean it was it was that to that point. And uh yeah. so you know, I did all that. Um, I was off my feet for probably a good two months or so by the time it was all said and done and, um, on and off work uh, for complications. So I literally missed bow season that season. Oh, oh. And, uh, I went to my doctor's appointment in, um, in November. It was for around the first of November. And, uh, I looked at the doc and I said, look, what can I do? I mean, you know, I ain't allowed to fish unless it's pan fish because of how much force I'm allowed on my chest. And, um, because they, you know, they split your chest completely open mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, he, and he tells me how much force I can have. Well, gun week, you know, gun comes in the week or the Monday after Thanksgiving and I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, man, man. And I know the only thing I have is a shotgun. And I was like, that's, that's way too much percussion, you know, on my chest or recoil. And, uh, so, so I get on Google and I literally just start lighting up Google, you know, what can I shoot? I couldn't draw my bow because it was too many, too much poundage of a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted, he's like, you can't, I couldn't draw back more than like 30 pounds. So I was like, well, I can't hunt with 30 pounds. So bow is out. So I'm sitting there looking this up, looking this up. We'll come to find out. I was talking to a buddy of mine at work and he had a 357 rifle. Mm. And this thing literally had the recoil of a 22. Oh, sweet. Oh, dude, I got that thing. And, uh, I went out that morning and it was another property that I hunt because I hunt three different properties and it was another property that's closer to me. And, uh, I get out there and I'm sitting and I am just pumped. This is the first hunt after my surgery. I'm good to go. This is just, to me, it was sentimental. You know, it was like, I never thought I was going to do this again. Now I'm, now I'm here. I'm ready to do this. And, um, first light, a doe walks by and it's right beside a railroad track is where I'm all set up at. I'm set by a railroad track and she walks down this railroad track and I'm like, oh crap. And I wasn't ready at all. So I grabbed my gun. So now I got my gun in my hand and she's just kind of walking and I ain't got no shot. And I hear like a crunching or something. And I look down and there's another doe that literally is walking under my stand. I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, this is going to happen. I'm a bow hunter, man. I literally put that deer in my crosshairs and started going, nah, nah. Nat trying to get her to stop and try to turn her broadside 
so I could shoot her when I have a rifle in my hand <laughs> and she has lasted 20 years <laughs> and I'm trying to stop this deer sideways. Right? So she goes up and I'm just, and I look up in the sky and I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> I have a rifle in my hand. I have a gun in my hand and I'm trying to stop this deer so I can heart shot it or double lung it. What in the world? And I don't know if God was on my side or what, but 10 minutes later, that doe that went past me that morning came back through about 15 minutes later and I shot her at 10 yards. Oh man. And that was my first one. So I get her shot and I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm like, man, this is awesome. You can't, you couldn't write it better than how it worked out. I mean, you just couldn't do it. And um, in this area up against that railroad track, it's actually a suburban area. So it's like a suburban hunt, basically, yeah. over there. And um, I'm like, you know, I'm all pumped and everything else about to fall out of the tree. I'm so pumped up. And then all of a sudden it hits me. I'm like, I can't drag this deer. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't gut this deer. What am I supposed to do now? So um, I called my brother up and. Luckily, he showed up, and then uh, he helped me take care of everything, and then we got it off, and it was done deal. But, man, that that is the one one hunt that I honestly thought when I was going through all that crap that I thought I was done. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about older people, you know, talk about how they had open-heart surgery or whatever, and things ain't the same or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I and that's all I could think about, Man. you know, at 40, at 42 years old, I'm like, why in the world am I going through this at 42? Man. But that was awesome, man. I mean, that was when I did that, I, I could have probably took that gun back to that guy that I work with and handed him a hundred dollar bill and not missed it. Yeah. Just Man, for letting that's incredible. That gun. Yeah. It was insane. It was really insane. Mm-hmm. You just never know. I mean, that's the thing about life. You think about this coronavirus, and I think that's the thing. I see a lot of people, we all like to make our plans and predictions, but that's the thing about life. You have no idea what's coming your way. You know, you have no idea the things that could interrupt hunting or kind of interrupt life in general. So I'm, I'm, that's a really cool story that you were able to get that dough. That had to be really just satisfying and rewarding. Oh, yeah, it was. And then it was just, and that's the first, actually, that's the first dough that I actually processed myself. Oh, cool. As well. So that one's, that was my very first one. Now I, all the ones I get now, I do myself as well. So it kind of started the ball rolling a little bit. Awesome. Well, I, that's that's really cool. I want to hear. I'm curious. I mean, we talked about you it took you ten years to get that first one, and mm-hmm. some time has passed. And last year you were able to get your big one. So I, I would love to hear. Unless I mean, if you had one up your sleeve that you really want to tell, uh, you can tell it too. But I was I wanted to jump and hear that story about how you got your your big buck last year. Well, this one takes a little bit of time because this one actually was unreal. I ain't right. gonna lie. That's the only way I can put it. So, um, it was November 9th, you know, rut time, um, from what everybody was telling me anyways, it was rut time. So I usually get into the woods an hour and a half, an hour to an hour and a half before shooting light. I want, I I get in there really dark, Mm -hmm. sit and just wait, let everything kind of calm down. 
and let things happen. Well, for some reason this day, me and my buddy was running late. I got in the woods to my basically where my spot was maybe 15 minutes before light or before shooting light. So I'm hustling. I am really hustling. And um, I got this, uh, this wick up. So I run, I get in, I spray this wick down and I'm back up in my stand. So I get up in my stand and I'm sitting there. And the first thing I do, and, and a lot of people say I'm stupid for it. But anyway, the first thing I do when I go sit in my stand is I put a chew in. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it relaxes me or whatever, gives me something to do while I'm sitting there all day. Yep. So, so I get up in there and I put a chew in and I always keep my release in my jacket pocket. Well, I had my can of chew in the same pocket as my release. So it was kind of rattling around a little bit. So I had to get those two separated. So I pulled my release out, set it down beside me, got my chew out, popped it, put a chew in. No sooner I put a chew in, I hear a crunch and then a snap twig. And it's still kind of dark, you know, because I still probably got another good 10 minutes or so before shooting light. And I'm like, there's no way. So I kind of turn my head just a little bit. And sure enough, there's a buck standing about 30, 30, 35 yards away from me. And I'm like, holy crap, not even close to being ready. Not even close. So I'm sitting there and I see him and he's, he's got his nose up in the air and he's, he's ready for, you know, business. (laughs) And so as he's coming in, the first thing I do is I grab my bow. I wanted to get my bow off the hook. So I grab my bow. And then I realized you don't have a release in your hand because I have a strap. I use a strap on release, a true fire. Yeah. I use one of those. So I'm sitting there and I got my other hand and this buck is to my left and I'm right-handed. So my bow, my left hand's got my bow in it. So I'm sitting there with my right hand. And I mean, I am going a hundred mile an hour looking for this release. I cannot find this release. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't be doing this. Don't be doing this. As he's coming in, and he's, he's coming in pretty decent, but as he's coming in and getting closer, I can't find my release. Well, I always leave an extra release in my bag, in my front pocket, in my bag, for basically this reason. So I reach into that pocket, I grab my release, I stick my wrist through it, and then I got my other hand with my bow in it. So I'm like, okay, now what? you got to you know you got to buckle the release so i slide my hand up get my release buckled or whatever and i keep my phone in my chest pocket up up, up by my chest and i always have the um alarm on for shooting light okay so when it's as soon as shooting light hits my phone vibrates ah, because that's good that's a good idea alarm goes off so, and then the other alarm is when I'm done, sh- when I'm done hunting. That way I know time-wise without pulling my phone out every 15, 20 minutes to look. So I'm sitting there and I, I got my release finally. I, I got it set up on the bow and I'm good to go. I look down and I mean, he's probably 15, 18 yards away and he's just milling around. He's looking for that smells what it is. So I kind of ease up a little bit, draw back, and as soon as that 
alarm goes off in my chest or on my chest, I release. <laughs> what I didn't notice was there was limbs because it's, you know, it's that gray light. There's limbs over by him that I didn't see. Mm. And my arrow has a luminoc on it. So it absolutely looked like a pinball going through these limbs. I mean, it was like, it hits beside him. He takes off, goes out about 30 yards or so, blows, and then turns around and takes off again. Well, when he takes off, I go to grab another arrow. Well, one thing I did change this year is my quiver because my quiver I had last year, the arrows was set up for those thin diameter arrows. And I shoot, well, I, I ain't gonna lie, I shoot Walmart arrows. Yeah. So they're thicker. So to get one out, it's not quiet whatsoever. Yeah. So I pull another arrow out. He takes off running even further. I hear him blowing behind me. I am cussing up a storm in my head, calling myself all kinds of different names. I blew it. I'm this. I'm that. Whatever. I turn around and look, and there sits that release, my actual release, not my backup. And it was literally under my butt is where, <laughs> is where that release ended up at from me moving around. So I get all that. I get it all set up again. I send texts to my buddy telling him how stupid I am or whatever because of what I did and how everything went down. And at that point, I really was – I was just going to get out of the stand. But with him hunting, I was like, I can't, you know, ruin his hunt because I just ruined mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm texting everybody this, that, and the other. And I'm feeling, you know, mad at myself for what happened. About an hour goes by. It's a little after eight o'clock. And uh, I look out in the field and there's a buck. And he's just nose down going across the field. I'm like, holy crap, another one. Wow, that's pretty cool. So I blow a grunt at him. He stops, looks around, and this continues on. So I let him go a little bit further. So I throw a bleed at him. And, he, you know, he kind of stops, does the same thing, looks around, and he continues on. And I'm like, man, well, this field at the other end of it is a – is a, a decent sized woods. Well, that's actually where all the deer that's their bedding is in that woods. Cause that's where they come out every morning. I know like clockwork of them coming out. Well, that's 278 yards because I've ranged that many times. So he gets almost to that woods and I'm like, you know, I've already goofed up once today. Let, let's just make it a trifecta. And I, drill my rattle bag and when i do he stops spins shakes his head and he is on a string i'm like there is no way this is happening so i i keep the rattling up because i didn't want to stop right away he gets within probably about 100 yards of me or so you know and i kind of and I, i kind of let it go down so he goes by me in this field. Well, I can't shoot that field. That, sh- that field's a different person's property. So I got to get this deer to jump the fence and get back onto my side. Well, he goes back behind me, finds a tree, and just starts tearing that tree up. So the whole time 
I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to get him to jump that fence. I, I can't shoot him on that side of the fence. I got to get him to jump. So I'm grunting. I'm wheezing at him. I mean, snort wheezing at him. I'm, I'm doing everything you can think of, you know, that they do on these TV shows. And, and he's just acting different. I've never seen a buck act that way. Well, finally, I was like, that's it. So I blow a really hard snort wheeze at him. And he stops and leaps that fence. And I'm thinking, oh, you're done now because you jumped that fence. And he gets down. He sticks his nose to the ground and just comes on a rope where that other deer that morning was walking. Uh So I don't know if maybe he smelled that other buck and he was ready for a fight or what, but that's what he did. And I drew back 30 yards Um, earlier that season. I've missed a lot of deer that season. Uh, What it was is I bought a new bow online and it wasn't nothing like the bow I'm used to shooting or whatever. So I don't know why, but I missed a lot of deer. Did you throw so, your old did you throw your old bow in a fireplace just out of curiosity? No, I'm using it for a backup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But no, so I'm like, and I keep shooting over them or under them. Every time I shoot, I shot under them. I'm like, so I'm shooting, you know, I'm shooting low. So I aim a little bit higher on this buck at 30 yards and spine shot him. Mm-hmm. I've never spine shotted a deer before. I've seen it done on TV. Yeah. You know, they never really explain to you what you're supposed to do afterwards. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, I, I spine shots, I spine shot at him. He kind of like broke his back. He's just all over the place. I know he's in miserable pain. And uh, I was going to text my buddy, but he's never spine shotted one either. So I literally got on the phone and called a guy from work, the one I borrowed to gun, that um, rifle off of. I was like, dude, I just spine shotted this buck. I said, it's a nice buck. I said, what am I supposed to do? And he said, if he gives you another shot, finish him. He goes, if he doesn't, get off that stand and go finish him. He goes, you got to finish him. I was like, all right, well, where he went down and was kind of running around and with his front paws was around a bunch of brush. I couldn't get a shot off. So I climbed down the, the, the ladder, walked over, got about 20, that's probably 15 yards from him. Cause I wanted to make sure I got him good and I didn't want to miss him. And that deer literally looked straight at me and just turned his head and just gave me the, the widest open to his side possible. Mm. So I just reared back, let one go. It hit him long you seen um it was cold that morning so you seen steam coming out of him i was like he's a done deal so and that's how i ended up with that that eight point buck the biggest buck i've had to this date oh that's incredible dude yeah (laughs) it's awesome it went from like a total low (laughs) to a total high i mean it was it was insane so and then um i didn't get him mounted what i wanted to do is because quite frankly it's expensive and um so i was just going to get him european mounted yeah. and i knew it was something that i could probably do but then i got kind of lazy so i had it halfway done and i had it in the refrigerator so i by the time i took it to the um taxidermist i took it to him and he's you know and i told him what i wanted done well he contacts me back 
and uh he's like you know i can't do a, a european mount he goes the brains are spoiled or whatever in it he goes i can throw it up on um i can't remember what he called it it's like a piece of wood with like that leather. Plaque. yeah like a plaque yeah i was like man if you want to do it that way just go ahead so i got that and i got it up on the wall and <laughs> my wife something else she looked at me and she's like look she goes those antlers are not going to be on that wall without a fit. <laughs> I was like, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? I said, it, it don't have a face. It's just antlers. Her and her friend found this deer and, and I'm going to have to send you this picture because yeah. you're going to flip. And it's one of those deer with the eyes wide open, like the deer in the headlights deer. Uh-huh. And they took a picture and they blew it up. And then copied it, and it is now pasted on that plaque with them. <laughs> and when you come in my house, the first thing you see is this deer in headlights with his oh, eyes. Oh, no. That's yeah. awesome. Because uh, I have a face. I, I think we just found the uh, uh, photo that we'll use to promote this podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah to you. actually i'll text it to you or whatever but yeah. yeah yeah that photo is something else and i and she posted it on facebook and i was like you know the first thing i thought is man i'm gonna get slammed people's gonna make fun of me or they're not gonna make fun of me but they're gonna get mad at me they're gonna say that i'm making fun of the deer i'm not taking it serious you know all that and it i just you know she's like she did it i kind of got upset for a minute and she's like, what do you care? And I'm like, you're right. I don't care. Hey, they you got the right. antlers on the wall. She's got the face. So I guess it's a good compromise, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's the picture of that, that deer. Oh, that. That's sweet. No, man. I tell you, that's, that's a good story. And also, I mean, a lot of cool, I mean, like I said, before we started all this, I don't dive too much into tactics, but I think there's a lot to learn from your hunt. First off, getting there early. So you have time to get everything set up. I am notorious for getting there during that gray light or right beforehand. And, and I'm filming hunts. I mean, I really, my, I think this year I'm really going to dedicate myself to trying to get in there early and, and that's good. And then also, I mean, the first four deer that I shot with a bow, I spined them. Um, I, I just aimed too high, didn't compensate for angles and, and, um, so yeah, and they don't on TV, they typically avoid showing you spine shots. So you don't know what to do. And I, I, I had that happen. So pretty good advice there from your buddy. I mean, if you can get a shot, take it. If, uh, you can get closer and finish it off, you're going to have to, cause it's probably not going to die on its own anytime quick. So right. that, man, that's sweet. That's awesome. Uh, uh, really good stories. Yeah, I actually, because of that, I now have uh, a buddy stand in my tree, and that's what I've been practicing through so far this summer. Okay. What's, explain that a little bit. What's a buddy stand? Um, a buddy tree stand. Oh, okay, okay, got gotcha. you. stand? Yeah. Yeah, I got a two-man liner stand in my tree because that's what I hunt out of. Yeah. I'm a, what it is, I'm a bigger guy. I don't do the hanging hunt thing. Right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not the size of T-Bone Turner. But, you know, I'm a big guy. And just to slap a, a stand on a tree and kind of sit in it scares the living crap out of me. Uh-huh. So I feel a little safer when I got a ladder and, I don't know, five or six ratchet straps to yep. that stand. So, and but, so you're, uh, able to pra- you're able to practice there in your backyard then? Oh, yeah, because I got a field right next to me. 
Mm, that's cool. So I can actually stretch out to about a hundred yards. And what helps is, is where I hunt up North, um, on that property. Uh, like I told you before, it's like an observation stand. I can actually see a thousand yards oh, wow. from that stand because it's all open field in front of me. And I'm just tucked into the woods a little bit. That's sweet. It kind of sets up the same way out in my front yard, out in my side yard. Yeah. So now I I just put my deer out there and shoot it and all different angles and what have you. You're, uh, uh, my wife came from Northern Ohio and I'm going to assume it's the same. You're what I call flatlander. So Ohio, if people don't know, <laughs> there's a flat part of Ohio and then yeah. where I'm at is the hill country. I don't know if there's a place in the south- Southern part where I live where there, you could see a thousand yards. So. <laughs> no, no, actually that's, uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth on yeah. my, uh, uh, hunting. Um, a buddy of mine took me down. If, if you got a second, you, yeah, you got yeah. a little bit, um, my buddy took me down there for my very first bow hunt. We went to, um, I think it was Shawnee Park or something like that, down okay. that way. And uh, he, we, we go in, and I never, I've, this is my very first ever bow hunt. Um, so I go in, other than um, sitting there, and... I I never really knew anything. All I knew is everybody told me to look for trail. So I go in and I see these two trails that kind of lie off on one another. And then there's a bush in the middle of these two trails. So I actually took and sat in that bush with a lawn chair. And I'm sitting there in the middle of this woods down south, mind you, hilly and everything else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been in a woods, you know, ever just sitting in, in this woods. And it's about evening time. And I hear like a, I don't know what it was. It sounded like a horse running to me at that time, which kind of sounds odd to me now that I've heard deer. I don't know why I heard a horse running. But anyways, there was a turkey that roosted right beside me. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been so scared in my life. I mean, I really have never. I left the the bow. I left the chair. I left <laughs> and came running out of that woods. And my buddy whiffed on a deer. So he was already at the truck. Yeah. And he was absolutely rolling when I come flying out of that woods because I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I was <laughs> a monster coming to get me at that point time oh man there's nothing you know, scarier than a turkey going off nearby that is funny <laughs> oh they go to roost it's just, they don't care it, no. it's just anything no, they can get wings on it was just horrible mm. so yeah i know about down south i've hunted it a few times and you're yeah. right there's flat parts of ohio and there's definitely not flat parts of ohio mm. well no, I just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing your stories because those uh, had me laughing. Some really cool, unbelievable. Uh, I, I mean, I can't, I still can't believe your friend threw your bow in the fireplace. That just cracks me up. But, <laughs> dude, I, I appreciate your uh, time. Glad that you're doing well after your your big heart surgery there a few years back too. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's good, man. But thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, Noah. Hey, I appreciate having me and everything. And and like I told you before, man, it's like a dream come true to me. So. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
Uh, I know that you guys enjoyed that. There's no way that you didn't. It was just some really good stories. Really appreciate Noah coming on and sharing those and, uh, just super nice guy. Um, you know, it's cool. I I think I met Noah on the go wild app and that's just, uh, once again, that's a really cool place just where people are just down to earth. And that's what I really appreciate about him is that, uh, no frills, no, uh, cutting the corners. He just tells it like it is and had some great stories and uh, real funny too. You know, it, it, I did not know, uh, as we, a lot of times whenever I meet these guests, I just, the first time I really talk to them as we're doing the interview, I don't have any prior history. And so I had no idea. He kind of blew me away whenever he talked about that big heart surgery that he had and I had to laugh a little bit about his concern being uh you know not necessarily his life so much but what's going to happen during deer season (laughs) and I I can relate to that a lot of times that is what occupies our minds but it does it does make me think a little bit about how fragile life is and how moments really do come that you just can't predict I mean who would have predicted back in January the craziness that's happened this year I mean not not even the coronavirus alone but also Australian wildfires and all kinds of crazy stuff going on and it's just been insane but but then on a more personal note I've, I've had moments and you guys if you know my story at all um, having gone through what I've gone through I can just tell you there's just certain moments that there's just no way that you could have prepared for it we like to prepare for things right now is that time when we're going out and we're trying to put out trail cameras and we're putting out some guys are doing food plots or hanging stands or scouting or glassing and we want to prepare and in our lives we also want to prepare for certain things but the thing is that we can never the one thing that we can't necessarily prepare for or know is when it's going to be the end for us <laughs> and it's something morbid that we don't like to talk about um, there's this weird story in Luke chapter 12 I want to tell this to you real quick it's it's just interesting there's this rich man and he's doing really well his land is producing and he thinks to himself what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops and he said, I will do this. I'm going to tear down my barns, and I'm going to build bigger ones. And there, there I will store all of my grain and my goods. So this guy's very concerned about himself and about what is going to happen to his stuff. And so he says, I'm going to tear down all my current barns, and I'm going to make bigger barns. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. So this guy, his whole M.O. in life is just to be happy, relax, and have a good life. He's not concerned about helping anybody else, it sounds like. It sounds like he's very focused on himself. And the verse 20 is one of the scariest verses. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Man, that is a punch in the gut. Um, All of us like to prepare for certain things, and we like our stuff, we like our toys, we like the things that we have. And I think what this verse is telling us is life is so much more than that. And we need to think about what does it mean to be rich toward God? What would that look like for you, personally? I'm just asking, what would it look like for you to be rich toward God? Is it just an occasional prayer once in a while whenever you really need something? Is, is that it? Is it maybe attending church once every so often and, and sleeping through half of it? I, th- I think God wants a little bit more than that. And the reality is we never know when those moments are going to come, whenever you have to have open-heart surgery or whenever uh, cancer hits or, or a car wreck, God forbid. All those things could happen, and we know that. So my question is, are you ready for that? Are you ready, and are you 
rich toward God. Kind of an interesting phrase to think about. And so that's my challenge for you. Think about those things. Um, and uh, hopefully, I don't think the Bible is teaching here that we can't go out and enjoy things. I think also God does want us to enjoy life, enjoy his creation. So I hope that you're doing that as well. That's the end of my little uh, five-second, five-minute uh, soapbox sermon. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> and, you know, And I really do appreciate it. If that's not your thing, if the Bible or church, is that something maybe you're just still kind of checking out and you're not sure about? Hey, I'm just honored that you would still listen. Keep listening. If you ever have questions, I don't have all the answers. Um, I have questions of myself, but I might be able to point you in a direction that hopefully would be helpful to you, and I'd be happy just to talk and not preach at you. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. I hope that you have a fantastic week. Um, Awesome. All right, guys. There you go. I said all my phrases again. Got that out of the way. (laughs) This is the one phrase I always say to wrap things up. Remember to shed the light.